is the 61st episode of Decoding Fox News, and I am your host, Juliet Jeske. Each week, I watch and analyze This Week It Was 20 Hours of Fox News and then break it down. I watch all the Fox News you'd never want to. Let's get into it. Last week, other than the firing of Tucker Carlson, which there's a whole podcast on that because that had to be separate. This was Fox News last week. A Fox News alert right now. President Joe Biden making it official, announcing his 2024 re-election campaign. We're going to start your headlines with a Fox News alert. President Joe Biden announcing his candidacy for re-election. This is a Fox News alert. It is official. Joe is giving it a go, throwing his hat in the ring for 2024, despite a majority of Democrats hoping for a different candidate. All right, a Fox News alert now. Moments ago, President Joe Biden officially announcing his 2024 run for re-election. I know we're still a country that believes in honesty and respect and treating each other with dignity. That we're a nation where we give hate no safe harbor. Uh, back with the Fox News alert uh, just 42 minutes ago, Joe Biden announced he's uh, running for re-election. That was the first hour, just one hour of Fox and Friends on Tuesday morning. That was the reaction on Fox News. And that continued for the rest of the day. But I thought that was the best example of just the hysteria. Incumbent presidents run for re-election. That's fairly normal. That's kind of expected. But Fox News acted as if um, people had taken to the streets and we were communists. Overnight. That's it. It's all gone. Private property. Gone. Your house. It's gone. It's the state. (laughs) The Starbucks you go to is the state. Everything is owned. It's all over. Anyway, they lost it. And it was humorous to watch. Um, Here's the headline for the week. I should get to it. Biden is officially running for president. Everyone on Fox is freaking out. And yes, I watched 20 hours because I decided to get Jesse Waters primetime, which was I was scheduled for. And then I went ahead and got Fox uh, News Tonight, which was the substitute for Tucker Carlson tonight, just because I thought I have to get that. And it was crazy. So this next clip, just going to go straight into it. Steve Ducey, first half is Tuesday uh, morning. He makes this one comment that I don't need to explain it, just need to play it. And then the second clip is from Friday. Both are just, what is in that man's coffee? That's I'm, Seriously, what is in that man's coffee? What is going on with Steve Ducey? I'm not sure. Here we go. And uh, according to the same poll, a thousand people were queried, 60% say Donald Trump should not run. Um, Right now, uh, according to this NBC poll, uh, it looks as if they were asked, who do you support? Would you support uh, Joe Biden or the Republican? 41% say they would vote for Joe Biden. 47% said they would vote for the Republican nominee. Obviously, we don't know who the Republican nominee would be at this point, but right now we know that in the polls, uh, Donald Trump has been leading. It's interesting, uh, there was a Wall Street Journal poll that came out over the weekend by Tony Fabrizio that he's the pollster for Donald Trump. Uh, Ron DeSantis is leading Joe Biden by three, and Donald Trump is trailing Joe Biden by three. You know, I accidentally clipped that one a little bit, but he basically says, says that Biden has a better chance of being beaten by DeSantis than he does Trump. Now, why is Ducey doing this? (laughs) 
There's so much speculation. Is he purposely trying to get fired? Is he just, I'm over it. I don't care anymore. I'm just going to say stuff. Is it that somebody high up in uh, Fox management is like, give it to Ducey. Give it to Ducey. Have him say it. Because he's been with the show since day one. And people won't mind. I'm not sure. But he's done this for months. He keeps doing this. Now, this next clip was from Friday. And it's far crazier. Um, he disses Trump from time to time, but this one I just went, that just came out of your mouth. Wow. You know what? Uh, we know that you are interested in who is going to lead the United States of America coming up in the next election cycle. And if you take a look at the latest approval rating for the president, it's got to be setting off alarm bells at the White House. Right now, according to, Gap, to Gallup, uh, Joe Biden's approval rating is at 37%. Uh, last year, in July, he was at 38%, and he's been stuck in the low 40s ever since the withdrawal from Afghanistan. And as bad as that number is, I looked it up this morning uh, with Joe Biden at 37%. You know who is lower than him? Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan in 1983, as 1983 kicked off, had a 35% uh, job approval rating. But then again, the economy stunk. Unemployment yeah. was about 10%. But Ronald Reagan uh, ran for re-election when his, and recovered completely because by the time election rolled around, he was in the 60s. So, you know, I'm sure the White House is going, we got to do something about the economy, but it's possible to pull out of this nosedive. So I remember when I was watching that <laughs> on Friday, I like had to stop my computer because I almost couldn't believe what I just heard. I went, Steve Ducey just evoked Ronald Reagan as a comparison for President Biden. Wow, what is going on at Fox? And <laughs> I just was blown away because Ronald Reagan is basically treated like a saint uh, in the Republican Party. Although now... As anyone would know, his policies would be viewed as very different from, like, MAGA Republican. And I don't think Reagan would have cared for uh, Donald J. Trump. And I'm not any sort of cheerleader for Ronald Reagan. Trust me, I grew up in Missouri as a, as a little kid during the Reagan era. And, I, yeah, uh, my parents were union, so you can imagine what that household was like. My father, I'm very proud of this this little tidbit of my dad, uh, who has always been very political, even though he didn't, he didn't go to college, he's, he went to high school only and then trade school and was in the military briefly. But my dad, uh, one day during dinner, we had a little black and white TV, as people did back then, in uh, the, the corner of the kitchen, and we were sort of watching it as we ate dinner, because, you know, go, go 80s, very healthy habits there. And uh, my dad... Ronald Reagan came on the TV. It was right like the right after he fired everybody in the um, air traffic controller controller union, and my dad picked up a fork and he threw it at the set, and he screamed, "You stabbed us in the throat!" And I remember being a little kid, just going, "What the?" And it was funny because I would go to school and pretty much everybody would be like, "Ronald Reagan's wonderful. He's great." And then I would come home to, "That guy hates unions," and I was like, "Okay." And that was my childhood. Anyway, but just saying, Ronald Reagan, uh, President Biden, what Ducey might be doing there is he might be trying to get people revved up. Like, don't get complacent, guys. Don't get complacent. I just thought the choice of all the presidents to bring up Ronald Reagan? 
Okay, we're doing it. And of, of course, if you know the, the 80s, and I, it's always so hard trying to describe the 80s to a millennial or a Gen Z, is that I'll say, you know, like, look at the electoral maps for 1980 and 1984 for the presidential election. That is, we'll never have that again. Like, it's just one color. Notice that. It's just one color. Terrifying, really, if you think about it. But anyway, so before we keep going, I should mention my sponsor very quickly. This project is made possible by the Taunite Center for News Integrity at the Craig Newmark Graduate School of Journalism at CUNY. And because I always have to mention this because people get confused, I'm very much not a student. I have a master's degree. Uh, it's basically grants through a public university are handled through a third-party organization that's called the Research Foundation, and that's actually who I work for because the money comes from corporations and donations and stuff like that. It does not come from public funds. I also want to add that I'm also supported by listeners of this podcast and readers of my newsletter. The newsletter is basically a written version of this podcast that some people prefer to read this um, material rather than listen, and that's fine. You can find both at my Substack. They're published pretty much at the same time, same title. One just says podcast. One is the newsletter. Uh, the newsletter also contains a lot of hyperlinks. If you want to see anything that I've sourced, you can find it there. Um, and if you want to become a supporter of this project, my grant that is paying me a very humble salary ends in mid-August. Uh, you can do so by becoming a paid subscriber at my Substack. It's $5 a month, the lowest rate that they had. Or you can also go to my Patreon. You can just support once. You can do a monthly. It doesn't matter. I don't care. Any support, I'm very, 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 very thankful for. I can't even say that enough. I know you're not supposed to say very a bunch of times. I just did. Um, but I am incredibly, incredibly uh, thankful for anyone who supports the project. Uh, I'm not sure what's going to happen to it in the future. Uh, I, I openly admit this. I'm pretty much saving as much money as possible from subscriptions and Patreon supporters. So just in case there's nothing in August that helps support this project besides listeners, I can hopefully coast for a little bit longer. Uh, that's the sort of plan. Eh, we'll see. I was self-employed for 18 years before I went to grad school, so this is weirdly normal to me. So this next clip is very disturbing. And I just want to preface that before I even start this, because I debated cutting this. I debated, should I include this? But I think it's important because... Fox is basically at war with the LGBT community, and it's sick, and it's been really hard to watch this. They mostly target the trans community, but they don't care if there's collateral damage to the larger gay community, the LGBT community, um, the LGB community, I should say. They don't care. Um, and this clip proves it. And what this is, it's a story about trans uh, legislation that would affect gender-affirming care. And then it just cuts into, uh, as if they're related, a story about pedophiles. They are not related. Gender-affirming care has actually nothing to do with adults having sex with children. Gender-affirming care is gender-affirming care. It, I understand it's a contentious issue. I think there's a debate to be had there. I don't really understand it. I'm no doctor. I don't, I'm not, not an expert on trans medicine. However, it has nothing to do with pedophilia. So I'm going to play this clip. 
I had to go through great lengths to research this. It, this is what took up all the time for this newsletter and podcast this week. This is also from Tucker Carlson Tonight, which was hosted by Brian Kilmeade. The show was a, a disaster. It tanked in the ratings. It was just sloppily put together. The writing was all over the place. Brian Kilmeade looked a little terrified, even though he's been on camera for most of his adult life. It just, it felt like they were just slapping something together. Uh, and it was just awkward and awful. But this clip was later in the week, and I was horrified, absolutely horrified by this. Well, it's hard to believe as we change gears, but there's a growing element of the left that wants to sexualize children. And it comes with the support of the Biden administration. There's nothing else you could conclude. The DOJ is now suing the state of Tennessee over a law that protects children from radical gender experiments. According to the DOJ, children must be entitled to mutilate themselves with puberty blockers in surgery. Meanwhile, there's troubling support online for so-called youth-attracted persons. That's what we call pedophiles. Elon Musk just had to ban a user that proudly displayed a flag that apparently represents a community of children-loving adults. Elon Musk says it will not be tolerated. Okay, so I'm going to... That you could see what he just did there. So gender affirming care, which is usually something that is decided upon. Like a, the kid doesn't have access to health insurance. They can't do anything radical by themselves. So you're talking about parents with a child and with a medical professionals coming to the agreement that yes, this child, usually a teenager, almost always a teenager or you know, close to a teenager, needs gender-affirming care, whatever that may be. It may be hormones, it may be uh, puberty blockers. That is controversial. It is a contentious issue. I understand that. However, it basically boils down to this, and I kind of see where the Biden administration is coming from this. It's either a doctor, parents, and a patient coming together, or the government saying, no, I'm going to decide. So it's odd that Fox News, with all of its, you know, purports of freedom and liberty, would take the side of the government saying no. The government decides no. I don't, I'm not an expert on trans medicine. I'm not an expert on gender-affirming care. I'm not really just saying, I'm just saying that personally, I would think it would be better if a parent and doctors and experts decided what, what's best rather than the government, because the government is a cudgel that just says no to everything. And uh, of course, with like reproductive care, similar that when the government comes in and just says no to everything, you have situations where, for instance, in Texas, there have been uh, mothers who've been pregnant with twins and one twin was not viable. And in order to save the other twin, they had to have an abortion on the twin that was dying in their womb. And a couple of women are suing the state of Texas over that exact scenario that it just described, which is why you don't want the government just blanketly saying no to something, because there are always, always going to be situations where the government maybe, you know, hey, you got to let this exception or you got to let that exception, no matter how uh, fervent your beliefs are about like abortion, for instance. I think most people, if I describe the situation of a mother with twins, one's not viable, one is literally dying in the womb. The other one could be saved. What do you do? I don't think most people would say, let them both die and let the mother die on top of it. No, I don't think most people would say that. Even pro-life people probably wouldn't say that or anti-choice people, however you want to call that. However, so that's why, you know, letting the government make medical decisions is not always the best idea. 
However, okay, second half of that clip, it's a short clip, but the second half of that clip, he brings up this crazy uh, youth attracted persons and, and a supposed flag that's, you know, allegedly supposed to be legit, yada, yada. It's a weird way to like kind of praise Elon Musk, which is also bizarre. Now, I'm going to break this down. And this is what took me all the time last week. I think it's important to include this because... Fox News has gotten worse and worse and worse in their rhetoric against the gay community and it's been, or the LGBTQ community, the entire community, and it's been really disturbing to watch over the past few months and it's, it's downright scaring me. Because I feel like if you demonize people this much, it's not going to lead to anything good. Uh, when you make people this unhuman, this, this literally demonic, you're... Uh, basically inviting violence you're inviting terrorism you're inviting horrors and we don't need that and i think the lgbt community has fought so hard for so many years just to be treated like anybody else and this is so unfair what's happening so here we go this is directly from the newsletter i'm going to read it right off because i don't want to screw this up the lgbt community has come out strongly against any sort of inclusion of adults who abuse children for decades. There is no mainstream movement to include pedophiles into the LGBTQ spectrum. The history of rejecting pedophiles is as old as the gay rights movement. A group promoting sexual relations between underage boys and adult men tried to include their organization, NAMBLA, North American Man-Boy Love Association, in the first Gay March Parade on Washington in 1979. The group was soundly rejected during the conference that organized the event. Um, there's actually a movie about this called Chicken Hawk. It's kind of disturbing to watch, but you will see people passionately saying, absolutely not, we're not having this group, um, which is understandable. So nothing has changed since 1979. The LGBTQ community views pedophilia as sexual abuse of children, not a sexual orientation. Numerous studies that go back decades have also debunked any links between homosexuality and pedophilia. Now, this is where we get really dicey. The term MAP, which he used youth attracted persons. Normally what you'll see, and I'm pointing this out because it is used um, incorrectly as a weapon against the larger LGBT community. And so I think it's important to note what they're doing here. I'm literally debunking, decoding the nonsense that they're trying to push. The term MAP, minor attracted person, comes from researchers and advocates who are trying to stop the sexual abuse of children. The theory is extremely controversial as it's meant to destigmatize people who have sexual attraction to children in order to help them get therapy and treatment before they abuse a child. Some doctors and scientists who research pedophiles think this will help, but they are not without critics. So many groups uh, that represent victims of childhood sexual abuse and survivors themselves have been extremely critical of this approach. Uh, I also want to add that a lot of phony anti-LGBTQ propaganda gets posted on social media designed to make it seem like pedophilia, pedophilia is welcome in the LGBTQ community. I This has happened before. I include links to that go to examples of this exact fake propaganda. I suspect the Twitter post featured in this segment on Fox News Tonight was most likely a hoax in order to make 
Elon Musk look like some sort of hero. I don't think it was real because this the fake stuff gets made so often. So Fox News won't stop at just criticizing the trans community. The network obviously has no problem with also ensnaring gay and bisexual adults in their hateful rhetoric. To equate LGBT folks with pedophiles is absolutely abhorrent. In the past several months, the homophobic and transphobic hate promoted on Fox News has reached dangerous levels. I cannot stress that enough. I'm worried. I'm seriously worried because you cannot do this to a group of marginalized people and expect nothing bad to happen. That's it. So this next clip is about Hunter Biden because Hunter Biden is always like, when in doubt, Fox gets bored. Fox doesn't know what to cover Hunter Biden. (laughs) If they need to distract from something, Hunter Biden. If uh, Trump does something crazy, Hunter Biden. That's just what they do. They just whip it out. This is Jessica Tarloff, the liberal voice on The Five, sort of breaking this down. Well, I think it's correct that most families have someone who is an addict in their families, but obviously the Bidens are an exceptional family. They're exceptional for what they've achieved. They're exceptional for what they're worth. And the guy's the president of the United States of America. There are other powerful families that have a lot of family turmoil and where kids are trading on their father's names. And that's very, very common. And I don't, you know, to the what about is in front, I'm sure that Claire McCaskill, when she was talking about that, mentioned the Trumps and things that the Trump kids have gotten because their last name is Trump. I don't want to minimize what the connection to Joe Biden from Hunter might be until we know exactly till everything is out there. But the Republicans are doing themselves no favors. And I think that's what the Morning Joe crew is reacting to by going on TV incessantly and talking about it. Put your head down and do the work. I'll bring up the interview again. Jim Comer on with the Fox and Friends host a couple weeks ago talking about everything that they've got. And finally, uh, I think it was Brian said, well, what do you got? And it was then a ton of what about is from, you know, well, this could lead to this. And if this and if that the time has come to move past if if you want to lead news cycles with this, but, if you want to go about and do your job in private and not go on national TV all the time and boast about what you have when you definitively have nothing at this moment but, but to connect you, Hunter Biden's business dealings to his father personally profit. I mean, Tarloff makes an excellent point. This is exactly what they do. It's always like, we're about to get him and then nothing happens. He's about to be indicted and then nothing happens. And it just becomes this never-ending story that they can always just go back to this well and show pictures of him smoking a crack pipe and half naked and go, Hunter Biden! And it's like, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm no fan of Hunter Biden. Uh, I know he's kind of battling with the mother of one of his children right now. Uh, not really handling that very well. You know, this guy's got a lot of problems. And he is a liability for the president in many ways because of this. But again, it's very common. I mean, almost every family has somebody like this. And it's just one of those things that you're like, "Ah, here we go. Um, He's definitely doing better than he was doing. But yeah, I mean, until they find actual evidence that links him to a crime that involves his father, I just don't care. And so far, they haven't. And trust me, I've watched a lot of Hunter Biden stuff on Fox Nation. You have no idea. (laughs) And I just keep going. I don't see, I'm not seeing it yet, guys. I'm not seeing it yet. So uh, this next clip is one of my favorites. We never get to do this. Doesn't happen very often. There were a few bogus experts, but they weren't really that great. 
this week, so I didn't include them, but we have one of my favorite categories, which is simply Fox Guest Goes Rogue! And Fox Guest Goes Rogue is when a guest doesn't, like, you know, stick to the script. This is David Carlucci. He's a New York State Senator. They were talking about EV tanks. Pete Hegseth was sub-hosting for Jesse Waters on Jesse Waters Primetime. So what is the reason, real reason why they would be obsessing over batteries in they're, the military? This hearing, they're talking about a $10 billion investment in the greatest military force on the planet. That's the men and women of our nation that run our military. We have to stay current. We have to have the most technologically advanced military on the face of the planet. We have to do this. We can, can't so afford not to. So you want the batteries in the tanks? I do. I want, I, if, if China develops a Tesla-style tank before us, we're in trouble. Well, who says the Tesla-style tank's going to be better than a well, diesel-powered look, tank? You think of an electric car on the street today. You can't hear it. It's, its engine is so much cooler, so meaning it wouldn't be detected on the battlefield. There's so many positives to moving in this direction. Well, if you can spin it for tactical advantage, I can see it. But they're not putting tactical advantage first. They're saying 2030, all EVs, and then hopefully we make it tactically helpful. That seems I don't believe backwards. it's a this or that. I don't think our men and women in military will have to wait at the local mall charging the tank in order to go into the battlefield. It's not going to be that. It's not a this have or that. Have you seen the military? It might end up that way. Joe, you know what the, well, how that's, that make that's why we have to figure this out now. That's why this investment, think about it, $10 billion in our military is a small investment to make that will pay dividends. If we can I'm reach that goal. I'm just trying to think of it. So you're, we're, we're going to charge in the tanks when we get back to base. Hopefully they charge quick, but we don't have an electric grid because we're in a third world country. I think the concept we're thinking about is today, 2023. We're talking about tomorrow, seven years from now. What will the world look like? Look, when we were talking about when the electric car, we didn't think it'd be as sleek, as fast as the Tesla and electric cars that are on the market today. It's possible. We need to lead the, na the world in innovation, and the military's always having the breakthrough. Now, I did edit that to just include Carlucci. The other person that was supposed to be against uh, EV cars was Joe Concha, which was a very odd choice. Because Joe Concha is sort of this like every like every man white dude reporter who they have on Fox News constantly. He's like one of their regular contributors, and uh, I, I find Joe Concha kind of humorous because he actually is pretty good on camera, but they never let him host, and it's always like they let <laughs> they let like Greg Jarrett host Hannity, for instance, uh, over Christmas, and not Joe Concha, and I was like, really. <laughs> I would feel bad for Joe Concha. Um, but Joe Concha really didn't say anything that interesting because he's not military. He doesn't know anything about this technology. he just go, you can't plug in a tank. That's my Joe Concha. Who's got to plug in a tank? What about that battery? Now, if you don't know Joe Concha, you're not going to get that voice, but that's kind of what he talks like. He's very generic. He's like, white dude on Fox. And boom, there's a picture of Joe Concha. That's what he kind of looks like. He actually got spicy once with somebody on my um, Twitter feed, and it was dramatic for about 10 seconds. And then I think somebody, uh, he thought better of fighting with a random person on Twitter, and he deleted it. Um, I think he deleted it. I'm not sure what happened, but all of a sudden, somebody somebody else called Joe Concha out for something. And Joe Concha himself like got very aggressive with one of my followers, and then it was deleted. And I was like, what the heck just happened there? Um, I don't get spicy with Joe Concha. I don't really have strong feelings about him, but I did find, I do find him amusing sometimes because I feel bad for him. I think that he should be further along on the Fox pecking order, but for reasons that I don't quite understand, he's not. Uh, cause like 
if you've watched Greg Jarrett host a show, it's like, oh my, what the, what are you thinking? This man is like a robot. I don't, wow. Uh, Greg Jarrett is one of the legal analysts. He has a very odd voice, very odd voice. It's my Greg Jarrett. You know, right now we're looking at a case where perhaps something is odd. My great Greg Jarrett. And before I move on to the next clip, I just want to do another quick impression. My sister, who actually doesn't listen to the podcast, but who has friends who do, I want to give a shout out to Eric. Um, he's one of the followers in St. Louis who's a, I think he's on Patreon and he's a paid subscriber. Thank you so much, Eric. He's a big fan. Um, but Jill came up with this idea. It's just an idea. I don't think there's any truth to it, but it made me laugh that Carrie Lake will take over for Tucker Carlson. And I thought, my goodness, that would be funny. Uh, probably a complete train wreck for our country, but it would be it would be hilarious because Carrie Lake would, this, this is my impression of Carrie Lake. Like, Hello, boys. You don't need to train me on anything. I've spent my career in the news and you're fake news and you're fake news and you're a liar. But I'm Carrie Lake and I'm here to tell you that Tucker Carlson is merely a dream. He's gone, a poof, a smoke. He's, he's history. I'm here to tell you that I'm the governor of Arizona, goddammit. Carizona is what we're going to call the state from now on. And let's get to the news, all right? I've been reading teleprompters longer than you've been alive, young man. So just sit your ass down, you little producer. Don't even get me started, Carrie Lake. Oh, and I 100% think that Carrie Lake refers to herself in third person like Trump does. You know she does. The full name. I don't think she says Carrie. I think she says Carrie Lake would like a would like a Diet Coke, please. Carrie Lake would like a Diet a Coke Zero. Could we give me? Because it's tastier. It's better than the Diet Coke. It's got that bitter after. Give me a Coke Zero. I'm Carrie Lake. I'm Carizona. Okay, just a little bit of a joke. Next clip. This is from the Five. This is Dana Perino making a comment about migrants. Now I've included this because. This floored me. I immediately went, wait a second. I remember somebody else saying that. So I went through my archives, found the second clip. First clip is from uh, last week. Second clip is from last September. I'm just going to play it. Oh, the other thing is the Biden administration for having blown this off so long is that they've made it so much harder to get legislation passed. Yeah. Okay, because until you deal with the security issue, nobody wants to talk about anything else. In the meantime, you have farmers who can't get their uh, crops picked with legal temporary visa migrant labor. Yeah. And so what's going to happen? That fruit will rot on the vine or what makes it to the store will be so much more expensive and everybody will pay for it. And again, just keep adding up how much you are paying, how much more you're paying in the last two years than you did before that. Now, the last... In fact, she encouraged it. Today, we learned that, Nancy, here's what she really thinks about illegal immigrants in a senior moment. She said the quiet part out loud. We have a shortage of workers in our country. And you see even in Florida, some of the farmers and the growers saying, why are you shipping these uh, immigrants uh, up north? We need them to pick the crops down here. We need them to pick the crops. Plantation Nancy Pelosi loves illegal immigrants. She even loves gang members who show up and murder people. Why? Because they're God's children. And also because she needs someone to sweep the floor of her nail salon. 
and pick the crops. So this is what I did there. When I heard Dana, Dana Perino say that, I remembered that Nancy Pelosi had said it and that Fox News had freaked out. So I Googled Nancy Pelosi saying pick crops, migrants. I got a date. I went through my archives because I couldn't find the exact clip. So I went through my archives, found September 20th, looked through transcripts. This is literally what I do for my job. This is why when people go, how do you work 12 hours a day? This is how I work 12 hours a day. So I, I Googled through the transcripts and um, I mean, searched the transcripts for pick crops, found it, went back, went through the episode, put it back into Premiere Pro, found that clip, grabbed it, stuck it together with the uh, Dana Perino clip, stuck it on Twitter and was like, score. Because I love when I can find them being completely hypocritical like that. And that's what I found. So anyway, um, yeah. And I, I just, I want to build a time machine, go back to September, grab Will Kane, put him on the set of The Five and say, look, Dana Perino just said it. Freak out. Now, I also want to just, slight tangent. This one drove me crazy because I'm, I'm like kind of a stickler for having things correctly. It's kind of a big part of my job is trying to uh, correct things and make sure that they're accurate. I'm not perfect, but this one drove me crazy. Uh, last week, especially on the right, I saw article after article about Tucker Carlson that falsely said he was the number one ratings draw on cable news. That is incorrect. The number one ratings draw on uh, cable news, that is the top show in the ratings for the news category is, drum roll please, The Five. That bizarro show with five people sitting around a table uh, screaming at each other, usually uninformed, kind of, they like to rip on The View, which is hilarious because they are The View, just on the right, um, with, you know, Greg Gutfeld usually yelling over people. That's the number one show in the news category for cable news. Shocking, and it has been for six quarters. It's not even close. It has been for six quarters. Tucker Carlson was number two, not number one. The only way that statement is true is if you say, uh, I, I just wrote an editorial for Newsweek and I included something about him being the king of prime time. That would be accurate. Okay, so this next clip I just added because I thought it was funny. This is a man who's a regular guest. Um, his name's Kurt. His last name's a little hard to pronounce, but he's known as the cyber guy. And he's on Fox and Friends all the time. He's kind of a fun character. Uh, this is hilarious because Fox constantly worships Elon Musk and the cyber guy didn't get the memo on that. What about the blue check? Should I be buying it? Uh, how's it going over that you now have to pay for it unless you're a celebrity who whines? Well, I mean, it just it's obviously a failure. The idea to roll out. I mean, it's a good idea to say, hey, we've got to make some money somehow at Twitter if you're Elon Musk. But people just they've rejected it. They're not they're not buying it. And I mean, it's less than it's less than 1% as, as a 0.1% of people who signed up for it that are on Twitter now. So they started putting it back on people's accounts. And now everybody is going on Twitter saying, I didn't pay for it, just so you know. So there's, a, there's some controversy there. I, I don't know what he's going to do next with the blue check mark, but it is now turned into a mark of shame. The mark of shame, Elon Musk. Nobody wants your blue check mark anymore. Go back to the drawing board and start over. No one cares for your incompetence with this beautiful, magical cesspool that was Twitter, which is now a deeper, danker cesspool. It was never that great, but it's gotten far worse. I don't know what that accent is. I'm just whipping it out. 
kind of like your don't F with me boys. This isn't my first day at the rodeo. Now this next section is quickly, uh, so kind of running out of time, is the uh, stories Fox News ignored. Every week I compare all of the hours I watch on Fox News to five hours of the PBS NewsHour. People who watch Fox definitely consider Fox um, high quality news. They think it's the best on television. So I go ahead and compare it to what I think is the best on television. Yes, I just said that, uh, which is nonpartisan PBS. And it's incredibly nonpartisan. They bend over backwards to not show a bias. And I love them for it. Here we go. These are the stories. A civil trial that involves an accusation that former President Donald J. Trump raped a woman began last week. E. Jean Carroll, a former advice columnist, is suing Trump for an undisclosed amount for allegedly raping her 27 years ago in a department store dressing room. Former Vice President Mike Pence testified before a federal grand jury for more than seven hours in Washington, D.C. His testimony is part of a two-year investigation, now led by Special Counsel Jack Smith, into former President Donald A. Trump's role in trying to overturn the 2020 election and the riot at the Capitol on January 6th. The federal criminal trial against members of the hate group The Proud Boys wrapped up last week. All five of the defendants, defendants have pleaded not guilty. Jury selection began in the case of the accused shooter in the 2018 attack on the Tree of Life Synagogue in Pittsburgh. Robert Bowers is accused of killing 11 worshippers in an anti-Semitic motivated attack. The worst assault on the Jewish community in U.S. history. Carolyn Bryant, the woman who falsely accused a 14-year-old black child, Emmett Till, of sexually harassing her, died at the age of 89. Her false accusation led to the brutal lynching death of Till. No one was ever convicted for his murder. Former Minnesota police officer Kim Porter was released from prison after serving 16 months of a two-year sentence for fatally shooting of uh, Dante Wright. Potter killed Dante after mistaking her gun for a taser during a traffic stop. The police officer who killed Breonna Taylor in a botched raid was hired by a nearby county sheriff's office. The family of Taylor issued a statement expressing disgust and disappointment about the hiring. A ban on semi-automatic rifles passed in the Washington State Legislature. The law would ban the sale, distribution, manufacture, and importation of more than 50 gun models. The NRA immediately filed a lawsuit challenging the ban. Montana became the latest state to ban gender-affirming care for minors. A Democratic representative, Zoe Zephyr, who happens to be transgender, told lawmakers they would have blood on their hands if they passed the bill. Zephyr was banned from speaking in the House until she apologized, which she would not. She is allowed to vote on bills remotely but cannot enter the gallery. WNBA star Brittany Griner held her first press conference after being released from a Russian penal colony over a marijuana charge. A new report from the nonpartisan COVID crisis group, COVID-19, Lessons from the COVID War, an investigative report, was released last week. The report showcased strengths and weaknesses in how the U.S. government handled the pandemic. The Russian military pummeled Ukraine with numerous airstrikes. Ukrainian military prepares for a new offensive with their newly acquired armored vehicles and tanks. Russia faced a rebuke of Western members of the U.N. Security Council. Russia denied a U.S. embassy request to visit jailed American journalist Evan Gisernovich. Alexei Navalny, an imprisoned Russian opposition leader, is facing new charges in Russia. 
He currently faces an additional 30 years that could be added to the 11 and a half year sentence he is currently serving. The U.S. Army garrison, once called Fort Lee, was renamed Fort Greg Adams after two black officers. The garrison is part of a program to rename military bases originally named after Confederates. Reports of sexual assault slightly increased in the U.S. military last year. Cases dropped sharply in the U.S. Army, but increased in the other three services. The smoking rate for adults in the U.S. dropped to 11 percent, a new all-time low. The U.S. opened asylum processing centers for migrants in Colombia and Guatemala. The president of South Korea met with Biden to announce an agreement to deter North Korea, including deploying a nuclear-armed submarine. He also addressed the U.S. Congress. Japan's attempt to land an unmanned mission on the moon failed only 33 feet from contact. Biden's nominee for labor secretary, Julie Su, advanced in a Senate committee on a party-line vote. Pope Francis will allow women to vote in an upcoming meeting of Catholic bishops in October. Two explosions at a counterterrorism police station in Pakistan killed 12 people and injured 50. The cause of the explosions could be due to explosive material that was stored in the basement. The actual cause is still unknown. The battle over medication used in abortion continues in the courts. For now, patients in states where abortion is legal can still access the drug. Anti-abortion bills were narrowly defeated by state legislatures in South Carolina and Nebraska last week. Microsoft's plan to acquire Activision Blizzard was blocked in the UK by an antitrust regulator. 55 migrants drowned off the coast of Libya, while 41 migrants drowned off the coast of Tunisia. In both cases, the boats they were crammed into were barely seaworthy. Water levels in the upper Mississippi River are at near record highs due to excessive snowmelt. The Supreme Court of North Carolina threw out a ruling that was meant to redraw heavily gerrymandered districts. The same court was also banned felons from voting and added a voter ID requirement. Harry Belafonte, the actor, singer, and activist, died at the age of 96. He was one of the few performers to win an Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, and Tony Award. He was a passionate supporter of the civil rights movement. Now, that was a lot. On to the graphs very quickly because we're running out of time. Um, we will go top five topics for Fox News. Here we go. Biden running for office again in 2024, 18%. That's a lot. Border crisis, 7%. Crime increasing, 6%. Hunter Biden, 4%. Or 5%, sorry. And basically stories that were bashing Biden general, I call them anti-Biden, 4%. That's basically the Fox, uh, when, when in doubt, they just, you know, border, crime, Hunter Biden. So the PBS NewsHour, the top uh, category was artist profile at 10%. And a lot of that was on Judy Bloom, the uh, author, and a movie that she's coming out, it's coming out about one of her most popular books, uh, Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret, which is hugely, hugely successful, very popular book. Um, so they did, and she's a lovely woman. Uh, she comes across as a lovely woman in the segments, and I love her books. Biden, 2024, was 9%. Sudan, Civil War, 7%. Battle over abortion medication took up 5%. And finally, Tucker Carlson was fired from Fox News, was 5% of their programming. So they had more than one segment. They talked about it more than once. That was huge. Words used on Fox, very heavily slanted towards Biden this week. 511, Hunter, 131, Trump, 111, Border, 105, China Chinese, 92, Crime, 84, Inflation, 48, Migrant, 39, Russia, 32, DeSantis dropped all the way down to 28, 
Sudan was mentioned 25 times. R.F. Kennedy Jr., 15 mentions, because they're trying to make him a thing. Iran, three times. AOC, three times. It's just funny that AOC would come up as often as Iran. And Fetterman, twice, because he's the new AOC. They always talk about AOC. It's like a. It's like they can't help themselves. So this week, I'll be covering Fox and Friends, The Five, and Fox News Tonight. That's the new uh, replacement for Tucker Carlson, which will be hosted by Lawrence Jones. I also managed to capture this. I'm very excited about this. is my whole weekend. All of Tucker Carlson original episodes from Fox Nation. I'm going to break them down for paid subscribers. They're short little um, documentaries. They're absolute garbage. Uh, some of them are more interesting than others. I'm also slowly capturing as many Tucker Carlson Today episodes before they're removed from Fox Nation, which I'm worried they will be. Um, I found some fascinating stuff on that. That's also going to be broken down probably for paid subscribers. And that'll probably be a mixture of paid and, and free um, it's hard to cram it all in. This takes over my entire life. This is a clip I wanted to play you. This is Victor Davis Hanson trying to say that being trans is a fad. And listen to what he uh, equates a fad to. That's uh, or was it peer pressure, sort of like hula hope or pet rock or something, a fad among teens? Victor Davis Hanson is, a, is an older gentleman. He's like a staple on Fox. He's constantly on Fox. He has a PhD in the classics, yet he tries to act like a populist. Um, that's just hilarious. He's trying to say hula hoop, and then he says pet rock, which pet rocks were big in the mid-70s. Maybe, you know, your hand is not quite on the pulse there, Victor Davis Hanson, about America's youth and what's a fad. Anyway, thanks for listening. That's the podcast. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can at my Patreon I'm going to have some new stuff for my Patreon supporters. Also, you can become a paid subscriber. Uh, Odin and Thor send their love. My cats, the mascots. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you at the next podcast.